The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codename DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrick, codename Death Probe. At ease, DJ Christatos. And to all the green shirts tuning in for our podcast, I want to welcome everybody to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way. Do the Devils Do Run? On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. And for this episode, our special ops guest is Aaron Henley, codename Dead Meat. Welcome to Fort Longbox, Aaron. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Awesome, man. I hope you enjoy Fort Longbox. I hope you uh, check out our confidence course. Our motor pool. Uh, what else, Pat? The PX commissary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, got, yeah. I got lost in the isolation chamber. It, it was all dark. <laughs> Some weird guy with a mask kept trying to push me out of it. Huh. Uh, For an isolation chamber, there shouldn't be another guy in there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now's the part of the show where we debrief our new recruit and ask what your origin story is with G.I. Joe. So, Aaron, how did you come to G.I. Joe? You know, I came in through the toys. Some people come through the cartoon. Some people come through the comics. What's your origin story with G.I. Joe? My origin story actually came from a podcast. Michael Bailey over from Views at the Long Box was a guest spot on an episode of The Big Honking Show with Big Honking Steve, and they were talking about the uh, Marvel run of G.I. Joe. It sounded really cool to me because... I was too young for the cartoon, and my parents wouldn't let me get the toys, so I would pretty much miss the G.I. Joe boat growing up. But when I heard about the Marvel run and how there was this long, all these plot threads and, and how things were, they had consequences, is what I'm trying to say. It really got me going, so I picked up the Marvel run from Larry Hama, and I read about 75% of it before I got distracted with another comic series. But as for Devil's Due, this is really the first issue I ever read. I didn't even know uh, there was a a relaunch in the 2000s. I focused more on the Transformers reboots in the early 2000s because that's when I got my first job and I started getting some extra income. (laughs) I was like, ooh, Spider-Man. Ooh, Transformers. I could afford these now. So I was a kid in a candy store. That's been pretty much my G.I. Joe history. All right. First job. Where was it? cashier over at sears at my local sears store oh all right all right which is no longer there (laughs) i understand now the second question that you get to answer us is we need to know your three favorite gi joe characters be they joe or be they cobra i know it's a tough question but let's have them well the first one will be cover girl because i just loved her backstory you know you, you see cover girl you think oh she's the blonde barbie no she's the tank operator (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like there you go (laughs) my uh, next favorite would probably be uh flat no it was zap because of of his bubble gum blowing (laughs) that that was his trademark uh Uh i think that was breaker (laughs) that was breaker yeah (laughs) that was breaker with the bubble Mm -hmm. yeah 
Oh, but here, let me just turn in my card now. I'm done. Bye. You're no longer welcome. We're going to need all those Marvel comics you got back. It's not, it's not fair because he did kind of read them all rapidly. Yeah. And, and we will point out that back then there was a lot of character designs that looked the same. In fact, that's, I think why they had breaker chewing gum because they're like, we got they all wore green uniforms. Exactly. We won't judge you too harsh on that. No. So no worries. And, uh, if you like breaker, that's, that's fine. Or zap either way. That's fine. Probably my third one. I don't want to be in the snake eyes camp. I'm trying to avoid the ninjas. It's so hard. though. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Guess what sold the most. <laughs> well, they sneak up on you. It's hard not to. I'd have to go with Zartan. I, I just love that craziness. He added sure. to it. How do you stop and pick, you know? It's like... <laughs> oh, I mean, you hit three, children. so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Those are uh, decent threes, too. Yeah. You know, we got Cover Girl. We got Breaker slash Zap, either or. <laughs> I mean, well, let's be honest. They were the same figure. Breaker had a beard. That's yes, how you break, tell them break, apart. Yeah, Breaker had a beard. Yeah, but no, so did Clutch. No, Breaker had a blue gum because of the beard. <laughs> so it had to have been... Maybe it was Flash, because he was the same guy who went with Scarlet on that one mission where they were escorting the um, senator guy who turned out to be a Cobra agent in disguise. Oh, I think, was that the one where they were at the beach? Yeah, the and we got to see Scarlet in a bikini. Bikini, it's an early <laughs> issue, but I don't remember who teamed up. It might have been Flash, but uh, you know what? Whatever, yeah, they're, all <laughs> they're all great. They're all great. That's a good issue, too. Yeah, I remember listening to that issue on Aaron Moss's Real mm-hmm. American Headcast, and I, yeah, I, Pat, I think you might have been on that. It was an earlier one. No, yeah, it, that was on, an earlier. I think that's yet. is that number eight. Yeah, it was. It was early. It was definitely in the single digits. Yeah. yeah. So that might have been like with Kyle and Ryan and I don't remember mm-hmm. before you and I took over, booted them all out. <laughs> 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 Anyways, with all this chicanery and hijinks, tomfoolery, and whatnot. Let's hand it back over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. All right, well, well, for this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 25. It was published by Image, got a cover date of December 2003, but its on-sale date was January 2nd, 2004. Wow. We're like two years into this now. Mm-hmm. Writer is Josh Blaylock with Brandon Jawa. Penciler is Tim Seeley. Anchor is Andrew Papoy. Colorist is Brett R. Smith and Color Fusion with Ben Hungsecker. Letterer is Dreamer Designs. Cover art for cover A is Brandon Badeau, Andrew Papoy, and Brett Smith. Cover art for cover B was Tim Seeley. Andrew Papoy and Rauch. We're never quite sure. Rock, Rauch, Rauch, Rake, Roche. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yep. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get to Death Probe to take us through the cover description. You got it. For the primary cover, the image eye is highlighted in white as it blends in with its purplish background, and the cover price is still $2.95. The main action centers on Serpentor in the chaos of the battlefield. He's tossing Flint aside and marching straight for Cobra Commander, who is in the foreground trying to defend himself. If you look really carefully, you might find Scarlet, Roadblock, and Jinx. It's kind of like a Where's Waldo cover. You got to look close to find those three. (laughs) But that is your basic cover A. Cover B was a Tim Seeley 
sort of a hawk in the foreground holding up a revolver, Serpentor in the background, a little floating head of Dr. Mindbender. Serpentor is actually like choking out cover commander. It's a little yeah. more montage than the primary cover, but that's basically it. Back to you, Pat. Well, also on that cover B that Seeley did, it's a wraparound cover. You know, I was wondering if it was another wraparound, and I was looking on those interwebs, and I and I guess I didn't dig deep enough, but d- do you have this issue? Is that how you know? Yeah, I have it. Let me show you. The other back has Snake Eyes. It has Zartana, Zartan, Destro, Baroness, and some other people on there. And some. Oh, okay. Uh, is there some Snake Eyes there with the knife yep. there at the bottom? Okay. Okay. I was wondering because Tim Seeley's been doing those wraparounds and it had me wondering. But now we know it is indeed yeah. a wraparound cover. Definitely montage for the wraparound. Definitely. All right. Well, with the cover descriptions out of the way, let's find out what we thought of these covers. And we will start with Aaron first with your code name of Dead Meat. Dead Meat. <laughs> see, we'll see, I originally was going to be Meat Shield because I was next to Sergeant Slaughter and he kept calling me Meat Shield and he liked to keep me close. And I was so proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, Meat Shield, Dead Meat, whatever. In all honesty, I got to go with the main cover, cover A over the Sealy cover, the wraparound. Mainly because if you didn't know it was a wraparound, it's kind of a blah cover. You've got Serpentor choking out Cobra Commander, and that should be the primary focus of the cover. Mm-hmm. But really, your eye is just drawn to Hawk in the bottom corner holding his magnum. He's just standing there. The main action is in the background, and that just, to me, is bleh. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at the first cover, you see, you know, Serpentor just marching through this wreckage and fire. He's flinging flint like a sack of potatoes. And Cobra Commander is just blasting away and Serpentor is shrugging it off. So you're like, yeah, something's going on here. I got to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jared, cover A say, or cover B? Uh, cover A, I'm just going to echo what Aaron said. Right. Cover A just gives you that feeling of battlefield and that squaring off of Serpentor and Cobra Commander which I look forward to talking about when we get to this story, yeah. by the way. But yeah, it just somehow captures the chaos and the energy and the feel of the issue. No slight on Sealy. And I believe we've said this last issue, too. It had a wraparound cover that was fine. But the high energy cover is cover A, and the Sealy wraparounds are, are like a cool... They are what a cover B should be. Yeah. You know, kind of a cool extra postery thing you can pick a, up. Postery, yeah. if you're a fan... But the main lead cover, cover A, they chose wisely. And it really echoes the energy of last issue's 24, which I will remind everybody the cover A was, I think it was Hawk on the 50 cal in the Jeep while mm-hmm. Snake Eyes mm-hmm. drove and Stalker was like leaning out the yep. window, busting caps. So the flow of the two covers works really, really well with the high energy battlefield feel to them. Yeah, I think you guys have kind of said a lot about what I would. I would choose cover A as well, too, but just a slight over cover B. I think cover A has more of a realistically kind of detail to it, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. compared to Seeley's more, I don't want to say cartoony art, but a little different art. And you can definitely see a lot more detail going on in cover A. Yeah, I would call cover B more of an anime manga style. Yeah, yeah, good. I like them both. But I really like cover A just because of that crazy detail that's going on. And like Aaron said, 
there is some action that's going to happen in this issue. And you can just tell it by the cover. It's like, man, I can't wait to dig into it. This has been building up for the last three other issues and probably more than that as we got to this point. So with that, I think let's go ahead and figure out how much we really like this cover. And we do that in our rating of a scale of one to 10 flag points here. One meaning that you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. So Aaron, one to 10 on cover A. I'd give it a solid eight. Fair. Jared? Aaron read my mind. I was going eight all the way on this one. I'm going to go with a nine. I really like this one just because. Well, it's a Serpantor. <laughs> yeah, it's got Serpantor in here. And he's just rocking. He, he's totally bossing out here. He really is. Get away well, from I, me and Commander. I'm going to come for you. And Here's what would have made it a 10 for me. If he was going, Cobra, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, the old Cobra law makes us return to the show. <laughs> I'm actually a fan. I love the figures as a kid, but don't, oh, don't yeah. sidetrack me on that. <laughs> I love the the movie's great too. You know, it's good. We fun. get sidetracked on that, but maybe we could do that for some special. Yeah, we should do a special episode. Where we can yeah. talk about the movie. Yeah, that's it's only fun. a three minute movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you Wait, what, you know, there's more after the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Once we get our, how many patrons do we have right now in the Crusaders Club? <laughs> like 31, 32? Sure. I yep. tell you what, think- once we get to 40, we're going to do the special. So if you want to hear right. us do, do the G.I. <laughs> Joe movie review special on this channel, become a Crusaders Club member, convince your friends to become Crusaders yes. Club members, patreon.com you know slash Logbox Crusade. We'll even bring in Delvin to Dark Web to help out with that. That's right. We'll, he we'll doesn't bring in it. the whole crew. Yeah, that'd the be whole fun. Crew. And then we'll bring Aaron in just at the moments where he can do his Cobra Lock <laughs> one more time. <laughs> we'll just use his sound clip. <laughs> All right, that should be fun. Do you want to keep your Patreons after the special? (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. (laughs) No, I was talking about me, not the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I liked your Cobra lot. It's not that bad. (laughs) All right, well, before we get any further down that hole, let's go ahead and get to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. As you know, DJ Cristados here on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we mix things up a bit. I'm going to have you pull that randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Who knows? DJ Cristados, pull that lever. All right. Well, here it goes. Oh, this thing needs a little oil. So I just got to put a little bit more oil in here. Let me just. Okay, here it goes. I'm pulling it now. Oh, that's too much oil. That thing's going crazy. <laughs> Watch out. Did anybody tighten those screws down? What, what happened since Jason was here? I don't... Well, looks like it's slowing down, and it is choosing Cobra. All right, let's do it. Cobra, With Destro commanding our forces, it's all-out war as our forces attack Serpentor's Coil forces on Cobra Island. There's lots of forces involved. The Joes are also attacking Coil on the island, too, but in typical Joe fashion, they are too good for an alliance with us. So they've chosen the hard road of fighting two enemies at once. They paid the price for their arrogance, though. Mainframe, Flash, and Chuckles all perished in the battle. Other notable casualties include Overkill, who was put down by Kamakura, 
Xandar, killed by his own brother Zartan, and most importantly, Serpentor himself, defeated in combat by our very own esteemed leader, Cobra Commander. Unfortunately, Major Blood and Scrap Iron were captured by the Joes, but in the end, Coil was defeated, Serpentor is dead, and the Joes lost three of their members. Not a bad day at the office for Cobra. And now that I've wrapped up the synopsis, I do want to point out that this is Josh Blaylock's last issue. He has written 25 in a row. He does a wonderful sign-off at the end in the letters column, but he hands the reins from here on over to Brandon Jerwa. And I know from experience, it's still going to be good stuff. But I just, you know, tip of the cap to our friend of the show, Josh Blaylock, who was kind enough to come on two episodes and talk with us. He had done an amazing run. And when you think about how old was he? He was like 24 or something, 25, like early 20. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Mm -hmm. I'm just proud to call him our friend. And he's been really gracious to us. And he put together a heck of a run. So just a quick tip of the cap. And just the boom that he started again, as he mentioned in his letter, that because of Joe, he's able to do Transformers and He-Man. And, you know, that got the boom started again. This was that first wave of 80s nostalgia boom. Like, we're we're in mm-hmm. wave two or three of it, of it now. You know, possibly, Aaron said Probably, probably four, four or five. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> four yeah, or five of them. This was yeah. definitely, like, I remember going to the comic store and picking up mm-hmm. Joe. And then the next thing you knew, there was Transformers. There was He-Man. They launched a new TMNT title that I subscribed to. Like, it was the 80s were hot again. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with what Josh did. So Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Definitely. Thank you, Josh, so much. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. We would love to have you again. Probably should have invited him for this, his final issue on the show. But instead, we got stuck with Aaron Henley. What were we? Thinking? I would have gladly trade, traded places with the actual writer. So <laughs> he has been on twice already, yeah. though, and, and we do love him, and he's always welcome. Cool. That's actually just as a guest. That's actually really cool to find out. So I got to check those episodes out. He's a good dude. Gave us a, good, a lot of good insight. You know, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we always pick on him about is like this issue was supposed to be the December issue, but didn't come out till January, and we would kind of pick on him about it. But he's the one that taught us that. That's because Hasbro, like not only do they have to make go through the regular rigors of a monthly comic like everybody else, but they have to do it and then send it to Hasbro. And then Hasbro says, we'll change this and change that. And we can't throw do this, this and throw this toy in, throw that toy. in. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how he snuck by the deaths of those Joes, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. But so now it is time for our highs and lows of the issue. Now that we've waxed Josh's car for, I don't know, the 24th or 25th time on the show. Let's talk about highs and or lows. We will start with you, Aaron, for round one. Would you like to bring a high or a low for your round one? I will bring a a high in, you know, start off with a positive. Flash and mainframe's death scene. They're trapped. There's nothing they can do but finish the mission. And they finish the mission. And that is the spirit of G.I. Joe. You know, self-sacrifice for the greater good. You see it in the facial expression of mainframe. He knows it's coming, but definitely he's resigned to it, but he's not shrinking. He's not crying. He's just pushed the button. And yeah, 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 that's definitely a high moment for me. You're absolutely right, Aaron. What a well-drawn moment. All the Mm -hmm. facial expressions are perfect. What a poignant moment. What a great final thing that Flash got to say. You know, (laughs) I think they even asked him anything to say for yourself. And he was like, mission accomplished. That was it. Touching. Really well done. It was something that I didn't really see coming. You know, I figured maybe they might have met somebody else. And then when he finally said mission accomplished, I'm like, oh, oh, Hmm. okay. This is starting to get real here. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Pat. I read this series back in the day, and I remembered one death, and I won't steal it from you if you want to yeah. make that your first. In fact, it's your turn, it, Pat. It's been a while, so I am going to go with, I don't know if it's a high or low. What I'm going to go with is they took Snake Eyes off the table mm-hmm. last issue. With this big battle going on, you have your badass guy getting carried around by Roblox. <laughs> well, we talked about this, I think, last time. And I don't think you were here, Pat, because if you remember the last time mm-hmm. you were here, episode before that, I think is when Storm Shout decided he wasn't going to be part of it. Yep. So it's like Blaylock clearly was what we call de-ninjification, was, de- yeah. <laughs> was de-ninjifying this battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, well, there still was ninjas. I mean, Jinx was there. And Kamakura. He, and Kamakura, he killed the uh, yeah. overkill. Yep. Ironically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, you have your bigger, you know, whether they're ninjas or not, you just have your big name characters off the playing board right now, which made it even cooler because you could then do some really cool side stories that were going on, different parts of the mission that was happening. So I think that was a good play. I, I got to agree. It's It's definitely more of a high to me than a low it lets the side characters shine a little bit more. yeah yeah we all know okay student snake eyes is on the table it's snake comic eyes. books 50 percent you know yeah you're cobra's screwed at that point yeah. <laughs> so I, I would definitely put it more in the high column than the low column well and the low is because you know i like snake eyes so i i don't mind seeing him that's the low but especially during this big battle that's been building up on Cobra Island, you know, you wanted to see some Snake Eyes action going on here. But, you know, we've seen it in the Marvel run uh, when him and Storm Shadow kind of bum-rushed the island one time. But I just really thought it was a good play on that. Sad to see no Snake Eyes, but happy to see how it all played out. What about you, Jared? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. Before I move on to my high that I can't wait to get to, I am going to wait to get to it. I just want to say I think it would have been cooler if they found a way to sort of bundle Snake Eyes into like a backpack to put on Roblox, so it could be like uh, <laughs> Chewbacca C-3PO all over again. I, I had we that thought, had I didn't on. want to say it. I'm surprised he didn't have them over, like, you know, wrapped around his arms and... Like Snake Eyes' head just bobbing yeah, around like 3PO. No, stop, stop, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> I, and Roblox just goes, I never knew you had a British accent. <laughs> Not only can he speak, but he also sounds like Anthony Daniels. <laughs> Anyways, I'm probably stealing somebody else's high, and I don't care. Because as I read through this book, which was great. All right, first of all, the, I'm going to pull a pat here and kind of steal two things. But just one overarching high. How much did they pack in here, man? I, that was, yeah. I was like, is this a double-sized? No, nope, it's a regular-sized issue, and they packed in it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, guys. My first high, my biggest high for this whole book is going to be when they got to the Serpentor Cobra Commander showdown. And I was just like, oh man, you know, Cobra Commander ain't ready. And Cobra Commander was like, hell yes, I am. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I want to take you back, Pat, in my excited verbiage here. I want to take you back to the issue where we had Mm -hmm. Melvin Cox on as our guest. Remember how he talked about how he was like, man, in this run, Cobra Commander's like harder. Yeah. Like he's not a buffoon. He's not afraid to like punch somebody or, or shoot somebody or shoot somebody. Yeah. And Delvin Cox brought that up many issues. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are. Like, I was like, oh, man, because, you know, my head cannon from the old comics and stuff like Serpentor is going to put a beat down on Cobra Commander. Wrong. Wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Cobra I totally Commander agree. Came to play. And I was like, wow. I was blown away. I was blown away. Yep. And just his reasonings, too, is, you know, you don't have any of me. That's I right. kept myself out of it. 
Yeah, you might have all these great world conquerors, but you ain't got no cover commander, and he's not laying down for you. And I was like, holy crap. It almost felt like when Batman squares off against somebody who's more powerful than him, but he's like, uh-huh. no, man, I came to play today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gush about it. Uh, Aaron, did you have any thoughts about that? Anytime I can see cover commander be what you would expect a leader of a massive terrorist organization to be, it rocks. That's why I loved Larry Hama's run on the Marvel G.I. Joe was Cobra Commander. You know, when he comes back after a long hiatus, mm-hmm. he locks everyone who ever betrayed him in a truck container and buries them alive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they they die. Everyone in that trailer does die. So it was like, yeah, just the fight between Cobra Commander and Serpentor. And then Serpentor says, you know, he thinks he's got the upper hand and says, give me your mask. Yep. <laughs> Cobra Commander pops off the mask. And, you know, he's wearing like a balakava, a ski mask type. I would have laughed out loud if it was just a mirror image of his original mask. <laughs> 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 but then he just tosses it to him and then it just blows up into Serpentor's face. Just it's like you should have known yeah. he had that mm-hmm. thing booby trapped. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just. Oh, Shades yeah. of Batman. That's something Batman would have done. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it shows the arrogance that Sir Pantar has, you know, just I'm all this and I'm going to beat you. And, you know, Cobra Commander was just, he's just waiting for his moment. And, you know, yeah, you can hit me around, do whatever. You put me in a position to where I have you thinking that you've beaten me. And then I'm just going to do this. Yeah, was- and then I'm going to kick you off. The- <laughs> you know, Shades sometimes you got to kick, Shades sometimes you got to kick a mother off the... <laughs> Off you know, the bridge or, off the bridge or uh, whatever, <laughs> terrace that weather or whatever. You just kick him. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I read that. I was like, Shane's a devil, but he's kicking this mf off the cliff. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a cool moment. What a cool moment. But I've gone on and on, and it technically, it is Aaron's turn for round two to bring a, another high or possibly a low. It's up to Aaron. I'm going to actually do a low, and that low is basically Serpentor's entire plan. because let let me walk you through my my thought process here so he's detonated this massive global emp Mm -hmm. okay knocks out a lot of high-end technology guns aren't run by computers you are correct sir aren't run by computers for the most part yes depending on how old they are (laughs) (laughs) okay granted a lot of equipment probably I never served, so I, I'm just going off comic books. But <laughs> it's perfectly fine on the show. <laughs> but then he uh, he sends troops to Moscow, London, New York. I'm assuming Washington. You know, all these major capitals. So he has to have a military that rivals, you know, the United States just to send all these guys out. So he still has enough forces on Cobra Island to fight off both Cobra and the Joes. All I can think of was, one, how do you have that much force? And two, EMPs just don't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) You just get a bunch of police officers. You would have the entire NYPD just breaking down whatever building he stormed into. And I'm like, yeah, EMP ain't going to stop a revolver. It ain't going to stop an M16. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but these are G.I. Joe laser guns. With the blues and the reds. All the sound effects are butter, 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 bang, bang, bang. I don't see zap, zap, zap. So that that's the only low for me. And, you know, it's comic books. It's suspension of disbelief. But that and it's super nitpicky. But 
if that's the only low I can point out in this whole issue, that's a good issue. That's fair. And Aaron, I do want to say you're completely on the right track. I had the same thought process. I was like, okay, EMP, you're right. It's not going to affect any of the standard weaponry. And they've got tons of that. And is it going to affect the vehicles? And that one I gave him because like, okay, it's G.I. Joe. They probably have advanced vehicles, which probably has the computer elements in it. So I'll give you that one. But it also did lead to that cool moment where I can't remember if it was Duke or Hawk. I think it might have been Hawk who was like, you know, they're like, what do we do? He's like, what do we do? We do what we do. You pick up a stick, a knife, you do whatever you have to do to win this battle. You fight like our fathers and our grandfathers fought. I was like, G.I. Joe. This was a cool moment. (laughs) Very cool moment. Yes. I thought the EMP wasn't a bad idea. It was a way to, again, get certain people and things off the battlefield for a while throughout the series. And Aaron, being this kind of your first issue, Throughout the last 24 issues or so, Blaylock has been weaving in technology all over this place. So in this G.I. Joe world, the tech's a little more, you know, more prominent here. So I can definitely see where Serpentor was, you know, going to just, hey, I can take out this cool technology. And back when this 2001 technology was in a big boom again, you know. You know, if this was written today, it'd probably be like a, a massive virus or something. Because i got to remember, this was 2003. No one had a smartphone. No one had what we have today. So an EMP would be, at the time, a more reasonable, let's knock all the good stuff out. Worked for Goldeneye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was 12. (laughs) I think we're older than Aaron is, Pat. (laughs) Speaking of Pat, it's your turn for a high or a low or maybe a what, though. What do you ever got in the tank, buddy? Oh, there's still so much to go in this. This was good to see all this kind of come together in this four-issue story arc that was happening. This was the action throwdown issue that we haven't seen in, in quite a while. So this was something I really liked and really enjoyed just kind of flipping through the page. Took my time because there was a lot in the art that was happening here with the action. Like you said, Jared, this was pretty meaty. With all that was happening, you have three different sides against each other. And that threw me for a surprise. I was like, well, is Hawk going to go? Yeah, okay, we'll team with you, Destro. And he's like, silent, no, nothing in that panel. Then, no, let's move on. Like, <laughs> I was oh. surprised by that, too. I was like, man, I probably would have teamed up with Destro. I, I, I would have done it, too. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take your help. We got to take down this common enemy, you know. I'm sad to see Coil go because I thought Coil's pretty cool. It's just like, it's the next level of Cobra. You got the coil now. Mm-hmm. I got several coil action figures. Mm-hmm. So at least we got that out of this. For my final round, I'm just going to go with, I give it a high for high stakes, but a low for, you don't want to see him go. They killed Chuckles, man. Yeah, that they was. killed Chuckles. I guess one thing that kind of did bother me, I'll roll these kind of two things in one. So we already talked about, they killed Flash, Mainframe. Mm-hmm. And Chuckles. And they killed Overkill from Serpentor's forces. No Cobra guys got killed? The two captures, but I didn't remember any. any oh, Xandar, but Xandar got killed Xandar, by Zartan. That was yeah, more like a family feud. Yeah. You know what? I know I'm, I'm pulling a pat and stealing things here. I thought that was kind of well done, too, because like you could tell that Zartan regretted killing Xandar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, just the way they do the facial expressions and pace out the panels. It, well done. You can hear the regret the in the just the no mm-hmm. you know just that look of it's just still image there's yeah. no tears there's nothing but you know that 
And I didn't realize who this guy was until the synopsis you pointed out that it was his brother. Sure. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that just hit it. I knew he was a dragonaut just because of the relationship and everything, but mm-hmm. for it to be his brother, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, Xandar did make his own decision to join Serpentor and, mm-hmm. and betray Cobra and Zartan, but man. Well, this is hard. what happens when you cosplay as Deathstroke. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Zartan didn't know who he was, and he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here to do my job, which is kind of interesting because when you give Zartan a bow, Certain things kind of happen. In play. Mm-hmm. People tend Old to master. die. Yeah, you know. So it's like, oh. And we do have a few more injuries. Outback gets gut shot. So yeah, is that just a survivable wound, or is he on the KIA list? I get the impression that it, it's meant to be a survivable wound, and just you know, from some military experience, gut shot is bad. It's a bad way to die. But the good news is, it's a slow way to die. So you have a little bit more time. To get to, to get, to, to get to so, the med medical. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. That, that's the impression I got. But hey, I guess we'll have to see issues down the road. Now, yeah. I was confused at the end with, you have Cobra Commander in this escape submarine. Who's the big guy that just kind of falls over? That was the Saw Viper or the, what was his name now? Oh, I think oh, it's the Saw Viper guy. It, it's definitely Saw Viper. I can't remember what name he took. What name he went with. Was it Overkill? No. I, it may yeah. have been. We may have mixed them up. It happened. Yeah. Kamakura killed Overkill because Overkill is busy strangling Hawk, and he just rips a full Uzi clip in, into his back. Yeah, but it's still him, though. And then it's it's him. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. He kills him, and, and then he shows up in the sub. At least that's what my thought what? was. That is weird. Yeah, no, I verified. I went back to look at the old issue. And saw Viper did take the name Overkill, but then yeah, I thought Kamakura killed him. Yeah, he's just got the his thing did off. He survive that? If you look at the uniform, it looks like the same guy. It does. I guess yeah. he survived and that. But he falls down, you know. Then he falls down. Boom. So is he alive? Is he not alive? I don't know how many well, shots. Yeah, he, he probably survived for a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It, d- depending on whether or not uh, he was on Cobra Commander's side, probably ended that. Okay, so going back through and flipping, because there was a lot going on. Last issue, Saw Viper became Overkill. It looked Mm -hmm. like Kamakura killed him, but maybe he held on for a few more minutes to die in the submarine. That's what I think happened. Yeah. Okay. And then we got the little twist at the end. The nature versus nurture debate with... (laughs) (laughs) With the kids. (laughs) With the serpenterlings. (laughs) The serpentlings. (laughs) I call them little pants. Little pants. Little pants. Because he says Serpentor instead of Serpentor, so why not? It's, it's also nice to see that Tony Stark became a newscaster in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that brings us to the end of our official highs and lows rounds. Pat, do you got anything on your burning list? No. You know, just that this was such a fun issue to go through. You know, art, we didn't talk about the art. Art was great in this mm-hmm. to put all that action in there. Aaron, anything left uh, burning on your list of things to talk about? For a single issue? You get your two ninety five out of it. And, Gosh, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, and I, I gotta say, this makes me want to get not just the first three issues of this storyline. I want to get the whole run because if the quality of this issue, just as a wrap up, I want to see how it all went. Mm-hmm. Stop teasing me. <laughs> That's evil. Jared is showing me his omnibus, and yes, it is vagrant killing size. 
Ah, yes, this is, uh, loyal listeners will know. How fancy you are. That I am fancy. I'm so fancy, you already know. And this is my custom-made, hardbound, first 25 issues, which we just finished, Pat. This is it for this one. I gotta gotta grab my custom-made volume two, which rounds out the series. I know you like to talk about my hardbound Mm. books. No, that's me. That's me who likes to talk. Okay, step one. Back issue bins. Step two, find out where he found that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. These this was done by the good folks at Omaha Bound, but I think they've stepped away from those kind of projects, the the custom binding for a, a while. But you, know, you never know if you if you hit Tim on the right day, maybe he'll help you out. But you offered to pay double. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wouldn't turn you down. But they did a a wonderful job. And you mentioned hitting the back issue bins, and uh, I, I just want to let everybody out there know that. The back issues on the Devils Do Run are pretty affordable because I went ahead and bought the full run on eBay to send to Tim at Omaha Bound to get them bound. And I want to say the full run of this first arc is 48, 40 something issues. And I I paid less than 100 bucks, like maybe $70 for all of them. That's good. good. Yeah, that was shipping and everything. That that might be just less than cover price. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do believe the prices on them have gone up slightly since the podcast. I think we've influenced the market, Pat. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. <laughs> I don't know if that's we true. Definitely have. You <laughs> generated interest in the product. <laughs> that's that have, yeah. Somewhere, some guy's going, where were you 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, on our market inflation note, I'm going to hit it back to DJ Cristado so we can get the IG's report for the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Aaron, at a 1 to 10, how would you rate this issue? Well, I'm going to give it two scores if I can. As a standalone issue for me. For first time reader, sure. First time reader. I'm going to give it a 9. Oh. The art is incredible. The story, it's pretty thin because it's just big battle. Sure. But it makes you, me as the reader want to get everything that led up to that battle. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this is Act 3 of, yes. the, of the story. I want to get Acts 1 and 2. And then I want to get the prequels. <laughs> I want to yep. see wh- how we got here. So I'm giving that a 9 just because it's generating interest. It wants you to read this comic. Mm-hmm. Now, I like that. as the concluding issue to this run, we're finishing the storyline. I'm giving it a 10. I'm giving it a solid 10 because it it wraps up all the plot threads. You've got a little few teases for the next writer to come in and play with his toys in the toy box. And you can deal with the fallout of the lost Joes of Zartan dealing with the death of his brother. So you have threads to go off of. That makes me want to go get the rest of the run. Mm -hmm. So this issue is well worth the investment. Very good. Good to hear. Jared, what's your thoughts? I'm very inspired by what Aaron is. I could hear the G.I. Joe theme in the background while he was saying it. It was wonderful. No, he's well said. Well said. And I'm going to join him. I'm going all in with a 10 on this, Pat. Okay. Yo, Joe! Anytime a comic book can actually affect me physically to where my my heart rate kind of goes up. And I'm like, oh, you know, like I felt that when Flash and Mainframe died. Mm-hmm. I felt that again when Hawk gave the speech about how we fight no matter what. 
Yes. And I felt it again when Cobra Commander had his awesome moment and kicked an MFR off the cliff. <laughs> I mean, three times in one book that I literally like had a physical reaction to like, oh, oh, like my heart beat faster. No joke. Yeah. So full on 10. Oh, I, I'm totally feeling you on that heart beating faster there. I was pleasantly surprised with this one. And I will be joining you guys at 10 as well. Yo, Joe! Woohoo! Tens! Yes, we made it. Yo, Joe! Yo, Joe! I really enjoyed this issue. Like you said, it was, you know, a big triumphant one, I feel. And as Aaron mentioned, if you've read from, you know, first issue to 25, this really does kind of bookend it real quick. And it gets you ready for the next person in hand to uh, start the next storyline going forward. Yeah, we lost some people. Do I feel sad? Yeah, because, you know, I hate to see some of my uh, old Joes go away, but there were some new Joes. So how many communication people do you need now that you got the new high tech kind of people? Oh, as a former communications officer, I, I cannot support that comment. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, let me let me tell you something. Stand over here at this cliff. And let's just kind of look out and we'll, we'll look <laughs> at your view. <laughs> yes, it is. Ain't it? Just turn your back. Take a look at that. I'm Don't just going to take this, I'm, I'm going to take a couple steps back just to give you your own personal space there, Jared. Thank you for giving this moment to mourn mainframe and not to kick me off this <laughs> But, you know, some of those characters, I think, were older technology-wise, so Blaylock was putting in the newer characters, and we saw some of them in here, like Hacker and Mercer and different people like that, as they were kind of building those characters up. Oh, uh, it was to, cool to see Mercer. I know we're through the storyline, but you yeah. remember that figure? Because he was like, he wore like a Cobra outfit, because he was like former Cobra, and he was like their yeah. infiltrator. Like, I remember Mercer vaguely from back in the day. Yeah, I was kind of like, where is he from again? And it, it, it Took me a while to understand it, but I, I think he was one of Slaughter's Marauders. Really? Oh. I think he was. He could have been. I think yeah. he Can was. I just I, say how awesome that team name is? <laughs> you know Marauders. about Slaughter's Marauders. Yeah. You were one of them. You were a meat shield, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just in training. <laughs> I never Quiet, got the patch. <laughs> so I, again, just really enjoyed this final issue. Soaked it all in with the oh. art, the characters, oh. The story culmination all coming into one and just mm. I'm ready for the next issue to see where we go from here. Mm. As we would say on the Bond podcast. Mm. Mm. For sure. All right. Well, with our ratings out of the way, it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry or sneaky snakedness in action. This is where we each get to reward the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. Whoa. There's Ooh. a lot in this one. Ooh, so much to choose from. Who's a choose? What do you choose? Aaron? Oh, I got to give it to Cobra Commander. Sneaky, sneaky. My heart is telling me mainframe and flash. Mm, yes. But just that final, you have Genghis Khan, you have Attila the Hun's DNA, you have Alexander the Greats. You don't have me. <laughs> so, uh, and then he just wails on Serpentor and proves once and for all who's in command of Cobra. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got to give it to Cobra Commander. Jared, I've got to become best friends with Aaron because, again, absolutely what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. 
my heart wants to give it to Flash or Mainframe or Chuckles, but I'm giving the Silver Snake to Cobra Commander because he had the biggest, baddest moment, and Aaron said it beautifully. So yep. same, same. What about you, Pat? Again, I'm going to agree with you guys on this one. It's Cobra Commander. I do want to give it to some of the Fallen Joes or even you know Hawk and Duke with their speeches to just get the Joes really pumped up and going. That got me pumped up and going like, oh, yeah, let's do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. So there was some really good Joe moments, and there was some really good Cobra moments. But I think overall, Cobra Commander stowed the show because I didn't really think that was going to kind of happen here. And and think uh, about it this way. We're rooting for the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and believe me, I love me some Serpentor. You know, I, I, would, I would want him around some more. To come back from the dead, to have these other kids that, and people that you can control. And to, you know what? I don't care about Cobra. I'm making my own co- Cobra thing. I'm with Coil. You know, it's like, I just love Coil. I think it's a cool name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we have all that out of the way, let me hand it back over to Jarrett for his segment called Death Probes Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, Pat, Death Probes Toy Chest. I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And you know what? We all wanted to give a silver star to some of our dearly departed, and I made sure to honor one of them in this episode's Death Probes Toy Chest, which when you put death in it, seems darker. Anyway, we're going to honor... We are going to honor Flash. All right, let's talk about Flash. Here's his figure description. He wore the OD green outfit that all the original runs did, but he had red protective pads on his chest, his thighs, and his biceps. His accessories included a green helmet with a clear visor, a green power pack for his black laser rifle. He was first released in U.S. toy stores as part of Series 1 in 1982, and he was discontinued in 1983, quote-unquote discontinued, Basically, in 83, they picked up with the swivel arm version, and that lasted until 85. Uh-huh. And then he was available as a mail-away in 86 and 87, which I didn't know about until I was doing the research on this. Mm-hmm. In 86 and 87, they did a mail-away pack of the original Joes. Oh. So they okay. basically did another quote-unquote print line of the figures again and made uh-huh. them available mail-order only in 86 and 87. I did not know that, but I own most of them anyway, but I still think that's super cool. Uh, as far as how he was built... The head of Flash was reused with Hawk, Short Fuse, and Steeler. Remember, this is the original line. So they inter-swapped a lot of parts. So his head was reused for Hawk, Short Fuse, and Steeler. His waist piece was shared with 12 of the original 15 figures. His arms, torso, and legs were shared with Grand Slam. And if you remember, Grand Slam had silver pads. Ah, yes. uh, Later on, yes. And... Although we are giving Flash some love tonight, the figure line has not given him a ton of love because currently, as of this recording in September of 2021, there are only three versions of Flash at three and three quarter. And that, Pat, is Death Probe's toy chest. Rest in peace, Flash. Flash. In the arms of the angels. <laughs> He's singing just like Delvin same song and everything. We're going to keep this guy around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Again, Flash, rest in peace. We will miss you. OG, man. OG. Let's pour one out for him, guys. A little Yojo Cola. Pour it out. Pouring it out right now. Mm. All right. Well, up next, our feedback segment will be Combat Comms. Call it, G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. 
And as always, we start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special Longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Ow. Ooh. Auburn Elvis. Hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Got me on that one. <laughs> Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Welcoming Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Gary Viola. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer, Jim Jarmer. I hope you like Jim Jarmer too. Not bad. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Captivating Kathy Bright. Maxwell Traver. Oh, wait. Let me go back, Pat. I forgot her new nickname. MVP Kathy Bright. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. A.K.A. Romeo Team. A.K.A. We never never need Romeo (laughs) Team. Don't worry, Rick. We're never going to give you up. We're never going to let you down. We're never going to run around. Or dessert you. Yeah, we might dessert. <laughs> Depends on the flavor. Oh, uh, that's dessert. Never mind. Uh, anyway, Rob Morgan. Ross Michelle. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Crownin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And our buddy from Down Under that's not Paul Hicks. It's Brad Morin. And if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So, if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, do not worry. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So, you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Pat? Yeah, Jared. How do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. It's so simple. You just need to head on over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. There, for just as little as $1 a month, you can get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come. I invite you. Come. Check it out. Did you say a dollar a month? I did. Can you believe it? What do you guys spend the money on? Oh, Jared, you wouldn't believe what we do with it. It's all going back to the Crusaders Club. What? You guys can't turn a profit that way. We're not looking for a profit. We're just oh. looking for some friends. Oh, so like you give gifts away and you mail it to we people. Do. We do. Occasionally, perhaps use some of that money to upgrade recording equipment to make better sounding shows. We need it, but most of it is all going back to the Patreons. Mm-hmm. Maybe pay for the recording bills and the, the online hosting fees, things like that. Things like that, yes. Oh, so you run on a tight ship. If no, I was to really. audit your program right now as a club member, you'd be proud of that audit? I would. Because it's all about the members. That's the confidence I like to hear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before I lose all my confidence, let's go ahead and see what kind of messages our loyal platoon of listeners have waiting for us on Breaker's Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. So these are from episode 23, where we featured issue number 23. Imagine that. With the one and only Dave Collins, Mr. Battle Wagon himself. Don't let them fool you. It's not a van. It's a wagon. (laughs) And uh, I'll go ahead and start us off with one from Ryan Daly. 
We always love it when Ryan comments. So thank you, Ryan. And he says, Pat successfully ruined Serpentor for me. It's successfully. Huh? Successfully. That's what I said, didn't it? Successively. He said successively. 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 Well, I did it over and over. He does it in succession, so I guess that is accurate. (laughs) So I've successfully ruined Serpentor for him. Now I can only hear Serpentor, which is the right way to say it. And I envision the Cobra Emperor wearing a nice pair of pleated chinos and an ascot. I can see him. He's Fred from (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Thanks, Ryan. I didn't yep. need that image. You know, I think he carries it around. When we talk with Ryan, what's in that little carrying case around? We had that. Mm-hmm. What would be in there? I think talk it would be some... What was in the Viper's belt buckle? Yeah, it was in a bike extra pair of underwear. Now, that's a confident terrorist leader if he can pull off the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. I think he could. Definitely. If you like to, Aaron, you may take the next comment. Certainly. From Fan Film Friday's podcast. You guys probably figured it out by now, but the purple guy on the alternate cover who looks like Paladin is probably the Saw Viper. He's the guy who murdered a lot of the old Joes in the Marvel run. Yeah, he killed six of them in one issue. Transformers the movie style. We were wondering, none of us were super familiar with the Saw Viper, so when we saw him, no pun intended, on the alternate cover, we were chatting about that, and yep, uh, we appreciate Fan Film Fridays and everybody else who chipped in to let us know, hey, you numb nuts. <laughs> That's Saw Viper. Yes, and he did kill Doc and five other Joes. And not in battle, though. Not like some cool warrior. He murdered No, he, he gunned him down in a trench. And then he looked at everybody and said, why didn't you guys do this earlier? This, this is easy. Oof. Well, our final comment comes from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. I do believe this is our friend Rick, a.k.a. Romeo Team. And all he says was, but, 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 battle wagon van dude. And uh, yeah, absolutely battle wagon. Guys, we have just finished the 25th issue in the 25th episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. This rounds out Josh Blaylock's run. This rounds out my super fancy hardcover. I got to go grab volume two. Woof. And we are at mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles. The Devil's Due Years. If you want to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movie, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. Oh, by the way, if you're interested in like the history of the Beatles before they were Beatles, I heard a rumor that's on the network too. Bam, bam. Welcome Alan J. Porter and his Beatles show to that lineup. But DJ Cristados, how do they find all that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You could find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most pod catchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Awesome. And if you like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me at Christatos01. Jared, where can they find you? Well, Pat, I'm at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out my website, theyardsaleartist.com. And now the moment you've all been waiting for, Mr. Aaron Henley. How can people find you and your contributions to the internets? You can find me on Twitter at A-H-E-N-L-E-Y 2011. That's A Henley 2011, where I post all sorts of geeky stuff, mostly relating to giant robots. He is a good follow, folks. I, I have a good time with his stuff. And Thank you for mm-hmm. checking me out. I am one follower away from hitting my first 100 followers. 
And I'm scared because I'm like, I'm that interesting to that many people? <laughs> Certainly we can get one of our bot accounts to follow Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take if you bot. Got a bot account, give it to Aaron. <laughs> take those Russian bride accounts, whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. Hey, Twitter doesn't care. A follower's a follower. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks to everybody out there for joining us for this special 25th episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. We will see you back on the battlefield next episode where we move into the Jurwa era, which is fun to say, Jurwa era, with issue number 26, which is called Scott Sturgis is a Reasonable Man to One Shot Part One of One. Until then, Platoon, fall out. Yo! I was a man! (laughs) The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Let me just hand this back to, uh, am I handing it back to him? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Let me hand this to no one at all. <laughs> Do my damn job. <laughs> Read the script that you put. No, oh, man, you're There's right. a script. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> only for the sexy people. <laughs> Patreons only. <laughs> all right. He comes from a land down under. <laughs> He's fitting in nicely here. <laughs> oh, okay. It's my turn, right? Aaron, do you know how to edit podcasts? Because if you do, you have a home here on the Long <laughs> <laughs> Network. Who uh, cares show, any shows you want to do? He fits right in all the same jokes. You get the bits and bits. <laughs> if you say it fast, you say it right. I have to say it fast. I've learned it over here. <laughs>